0: These batteries died too. I'm gonna to stand right here, and that'll be it. Uh, I—it's uh, amazing how much, how often you'll say things to a child just, just to just to end the conversation, um, because they can just keep asking questions, just why this and why that and so on and so forth, and uh, it's. It's tough because you you want you want to uh, and I told Rachel this a while back the, the one of the hardest things about parenting is you don't want to stifle their curiosity, but their curiosity can be maddening. Why? Why over and over again? Uh, the other day we were driving home, um, and uh, I think it was Clara said something to the effect of, "What's tomorrow?" We said Monday, and she said. Do we do school on Monday? They do school at the house. And I said, Clara, Rachel said, yes, we do school on Monday. And she apparently we, we haven't taught them when they do school at home. Uh, but, they, yeah, we do school on Monday. And I, I said, well, uh, Clara said, why do we do school every day? And we said, well, it's because you need to learn. You learn how to read. You're learning uh, uh, math. And you learn some important things you've got to learn. You've got to get smart. And Macy said, we are smart. We already know everything. And I said, do you know what the word abdicate means? She said, no. I said, then you got to go to school. <laughs> just end it. Because as a, as a parent, you're just thinking, I don't, I don't want to have this discussion on and on. So I'm just gonna have to, I'm going to have to end the conversation. And sometimes the way we do that, I think, can be damaging. And uh, one, of, one of the ways we do that that might, can be hurtful is, say, one of my dear little girls grows up. And meets a handsome young man who is nice to her and opens the doors for her and carries her books to class, if that's a thing anymore. And she wants to go on a date with him in this imaginary world I hate. <laughs> she, she wants to go on a date with him, but we have said, well, we don't, we don't know him we don't trust you to drive to Texarkana because who goes on a date in Mineral Springs? Um, unless the Haddon House is having something fantastic that night. Um, so we said, well, not, can't do it. Sorry. Well, there may be a time where she goes, but daddy, I love him. Now, my instinct at that point is going to, is, is going to be to say what a lot of parents, and I, I think a lot of parents will say, and maybe you have it in your head. You don't know what love is. What is funny, we're saying that now when they're 16, 15, 16, and we're, we're saying that to them then. But whenever they come to us at 2 and say, Daddy, I love you. We don't say, you don't know what love is. <laughs> of course, they don't know what love is. But th- one of the problems with that statement is that it's wrong and it's Right? Uh, paul talk when Paul talks about the fruit of the spirit he 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 lists first the one that we might uh we might label the most important in galatians five he says by contrast, the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness generosity faithfulness gentleness and self control There is no law against such things now the first thing that he mentions is love, and love is this 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 thing that Kind of scares us a little bit when we see it in our children, uh, when it's expressed toward people we don't know. Now, I will offer you, if you're one, if you're the parent that says you don't know what love is, I will offer you maybe a suggested second saying, which is not not everyone you love is worth your commitment. That 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 would probably help a little bit better than you don't know what love is. Because that's true. I mean, uh, my daughter may feel what she, uh, the uh, love towards somebody who's not worth her commitment. And it's just going to be true. Not everyone you love is worth your commitment. Don't marry the first person you fall in love with. um, Because then you're just trying to figure that out. So she um, says, you don't know, I say you don't know what love is, but in a way that's right and it's wrong. Because in the end, in the end when, when I talk about love, I don't know what it is either. When I, when I am 60, which, is, which will be in 28 years, I will be 60. And 28 years from now, I hope that I am better at loving than I am at 32. And I hope I love Rachel more at 60 and she's 58 and mocking me about how I'm 60 and as she does there's two years once I was 30 and she was 28 two years of just suffering really of her harassing me for being in a different decade than she is but when I'm 60 and she's 58 I hope to love her more I don't know if you noticed that I've got a, I've got a little more of a of whatever this is called, don't don't harass me about it. It took me seven weeks to grow it. <laughs> it has been hard fought. Rachel, yes, Rachel likes the way this looks, and her opinion counts ten times over than anyone else's. So this is what I look like. Uh, if she decides tomorrow that she wants me clean shaven, I'm gonna shave. But love. Manifest itself in weird ways and funny ways. And sometimes and it's one of those things that, like fruit, will grow within us. It's something that slowly we are going to get better at. You are going to be better at loving in 10 years than you are today. If you live a life in the Spirit. Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love. The first one he lists is love. It means if you live a life in the Spirit, what it will produce in you is love. You will love better and better every day. And as Christians, we are called to love more and more the older we get. The more practice we have at it, the better we will be. We will continue to love and continue to grow in love as we walk in step with the Spirit. John, one of Jesus' favorite disciples, and he had favorites, wrote a book, wrote a letter to his home, to his church. And he says to them in the fourth chapter, verse 7, Beloved... Let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that he might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. If God is love. And if we are walking with his spirit. Isn't it. Isn't it going to. Um, isn't it obvious. That as we walk with God. Who is love. We will be better at loving as we go. See sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes we look at the fruit of the Spirit and we say, I'm just not good at anything. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm not really good at any of those things. I can't point to one of those and say, well, that's my specialty. But love is one of those things that, and all of these things, will be something that as we walk with God, we will experience this more and more. You want to be better at loving, walk with God more. Because love isn't just some imaginary thing floating out there that we're going to have to grasp. Love is God. God is love. We worship the God who in his very essence is the thing we are dying for. We're dying to be loved. And he says it's, it's not just that we love God. It's that God loves us First that's what i I don't know most of you men probably get this a lot but whoa you married up have you heard that I have a lot it's getting it's getting old really but I did I married up I married I what they mean is because they're just looking I actually had a I had a friend of mine who uh, preached it. I was preaching in Texas, and he came in and did this summer series. He came and spoke for us, and he, I was getting him set up and getting him mic'd, and Rachel walked in the back, and I said, oh, that's, that's my wife Rachel, and he goes, is she blind? Said, no. But in the end, what happens is, for those of us who marry up, is we love someone enough that they finally said, well, you're worth it. You know, it, it's worth looking at your face all the time to to have someone love me like that. Well, that's really embarrassing. Sports Center just went off. Everyone, silence your phone. I've been here two years. That's the first time that's happened from the pulpit. It happened a couple of weeks ago in class. Man, I'm really hating myself right now. Okay. But the more, the more we love other people, they, they're more prone to love us. <laughs> they're more prone to love, love us in a way that, that we love them first. And God, God didn't say, you guys, all of you guys, show your love for me and then you will feel my love for you. He said, I'm going to love you so much that I'm going to send my only son. The God we worship loves, God who created the heavens and the earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who sent his son loves us so much that he sent his son for us. I've heard people say, God loves loves you so much that if you were the only person who needed saving, he would have sent his son to die on the cross for you. Logistics of that don't make sense to me, but he would have. He loves you so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for his creation. And as his followers, if we are not the sort of people that just exude that sort of love, that love just comes out of our pores. I would argue that, that that is a sure sign that we are not walking in step with the Spirit. If we are not growing in love, we are not walking in step with the Spirit. Look what he says later on. In this same, it's not progressing. Go over one for me. Next slide. All right. All right, There. 19, he says, We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. It is up to us. He says, the command we have from him is this. Those who love God must also love their brothers and sisters. If we are to be God's people... We are to be a loving people. Throw the equal sign up there. Put God on one side. Put love on the other. Throw another one up there and put loving God, loving people. They're the same thing. You cannot be a follower of God and not love your brother or sister. Jesus says, you've heard it said, love your, love your neighbor. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Because love isn't, isn't just about what's happening between people. Love is what's happening in people. All right, I'm 32. Rachel is 29. Now, we love each other deeply. Let's say I died in six months, and um, two months later, she finds somebody else. It'll be quick. Someone will get her quick. I once, side note, I once got one, a guy was once trying to sell me life insurance, and I told him how much life insurance I had, and he said, Oh, you need. Like four times that amount, and I said, Have you seen my wife? I'm not paying for her dates. <laughs> but so I die, and she she finds someone um else and is is married to them um, until they're in their fifties or sixties. you know at that point, she will love that guy, more than she loves me now. Because love grows within us, not between us. So hopefully when she's 60, whether she's with me or with someone who replaced me upon my death, she will love more because love exists In us and it comes out of us. It's not something that happens and slaps us in the face. It's something that comes out of us. It's something that that grows and lives and becomes beautiful within us. The more and more we live and the more and more we love, the better we get at it. And so the call today is not to just not to walk out the door and say "I've I've got to love better. My hope for you is that you just acknowledge that this is a process. And that if you want to love better, you've got to walk with God more consistently. I argued last week that that's prayer. Spending time with God is prayer. Just open up and talk to God. Let it happen. You'll become more loving. I will say this, and I have to say this on a regular basis, because this is how I listen to sermons sometimes. But if if you hear me say, you need to commit to loving better, and you think, yeah, somebody else needs to commit to loving better, you are missing the message. You. You. Me. Me. You need to love better. And you're going to love better. But a mistake, would be, a mistake would be to think that I have loved enough. And that everyone else needs to catch up with me. Love is something that's going to grow in you and that, is, that the spirit is going to produce in you. And if it's not improving, it's dying. It's rotting. You want your marriage to be better, you love better. You want you want your you want to be a better parent, you love better. Be committed to being someone who is going to love consistently. 1 Corinthians 13 Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. You can know your Bible backward and frontward, which I don't know why you need to know it backward. But you could. Backward and frontward, you can know book, chapter, verse. You can quote scriptures left and right. You don't have love. It is worth nothing. You can give to the poor and and start homeless shelters and, and help people with groceries. But if you don't do it out of love, it's worth nothing. You can stand behind pulpits and lecterns and um, explain the virtues and and the beauties of love to people. But if you don't do it out of love, it's worth nothing. See, love is the thing that you add to other things to make them beautiful. Love is the ingredient that makes your life worth living. And I would argue that the, that the purest, truest form of love that we can find is the one we find when we walk in step with the Spirit. He says, it's worth nothing. He says, if I give all my possessions, if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Quit bragging about how well you love. And start loving more. It's a fruit that grows. The people who have loved for 80 years. Are better at loving than the people who have it. People who have consistently walked with God. And loved their spouse. And the people around them for 75, 80 years. Are, are just better at it. So when I say to my child. You don't know what love is. I'm right. I'm wrong because I assume that I do. But I don't know it fully yet. And I won't know love fully until I am with the one who is love. See, see Good marriages and good, good families are built on the fact that we're not done figuring out this whole love thing. I'm not, I'm not great at it yet. To ever assume that I am great at it would mean that I have stopped trying. We are called to love like God loves. And you aren't there yet. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that God dislikes you or God's upset with you or God is, is frustrated with your love somehow. What he would be frustrated with is if you decided that you were there when you really weren't. That you love like God loves when you really don't. God's call to us is not to love just like him immediately, but it's as we walk in the spirit, we are called to grow in love. Love is the thing that makes other things beautiful. And the more you do it, the better you will be at it. So the call this morning is to look for opportunities to practice your love. Look for ways to get better at it. How can I love better This week. And really it's just it's just about doing it more, just trying more. I I'm going to love Rachel this week better by this and that. I'm going to love my kids more by doing this or that. I'll tell you what mine was over the past couple of weeks. Wednesday nights, I come home and I am not as patient with my kids as I should be. Um, I have taught the teenage class for about an hour and a half, it feels like. They cram an hour and a half into 45 minutes, but it's an hour and a half. I love the teenagers, but they don't listen that well. Um, It's okay, they're teenagers. Um, they're very proud of their own thoughts. As well, they shouldn't be. <laughs> but it's fun. It's a fun class. But I, I, my patience has to be turned to, to ten or twelve if, if it's on the dial. I have to max out my patience with teenagers. I get home and I've given all my effort to one place and I'm exhausted in that area. And so I come home and I'll like the minute my kids don't listen to me. I'm like, why aren't you listening? So over the past couple of weeks, I've had to actually say out loud at some point, I will be patient with my kids. Because they're kids. And if you ever find yourself with a four-year-old going, Why don't you do that? That's a you problem. That's not a them problem. That's how I'm going to show my love more and more. as I realize them not hopping up and stepping to. when they might not have even heard me because it seems to me, as best I can tell, that little girls are thinking a song the majority of the time. And I'm interrupting them when I tell them to do something. Little boys aren't thinking anything and you have to reboot their brains when you're talking to them. At least that's just what it seems to me. But I'm going to realize that that's not a big deal and it doesn't mean that they disrespect me. It just means they didn't hear me. And it's going to take some time. But the more I do that, the better I will be at it. The more you love, the better you will be at loving. The more you tend to that fruit, the larger it will grow. And all of a sudden, you have something in your life that, when added to everything else, makes everything else beautiful. Beautiful. God calls us to love because he is love. And God is love because that's the best way to be. You have we have got to be a people who are committed to loving more. Not committed to making sure other people love more, but committed to loving more. That love that will grow in us will be seen in how we interact with other people. If you've never thought of God as love, you've always thought of Him as just this judgmental um, grandpa on a throne that is just waiting for us to ma- mess up so that He can condemn us. God is love. And He loves you so much that He sent His only Son. And that Jesus of Nazareth, his son, died on a cross and became the Messiah and is the Savior. And that he didn't just die, he rose from the grave and beat death for all of us. And if that isn't love, I don't know what is. you've never heard that message before, and it's something that strikes you as something you want to get involved with, then today is the day to come join in the name of Jesus, the God who is love. But if you have joined the God who is love, and you just flat haven't loved very well, then today is the day to repent, and if you need, if you need the prayers of the church to, do, to help you with that, then we are here for you. We will not judge you. We will love you. But we want to set you on a path that leads you to loving better. Not right away. You don't have to arrive right away, but you just have to be on the path and recognize that you have not arrived. And that you're still learning to love. And you're learning from the one who is love. So if you need anything this morning, it's out of love we offer these invitations. Please come forward while we stand and while we sing.